Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. All right, we're hot. All right, welcome back to the Outdoor Drive Podcast. It is Thanksgiving weekend. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Definitely. We hope you guys all uh, get out and enjoy the family and break the laws and have Thanksgiving. This is like uh, camaraderie week. Uh, if you guys don't already know that when it comes to hunting season, Thanksgiving weekend's definitely the weekend. Best time to get together. Good food, good times, good people. That's it. Good hunting. A lot of shit dies this week for sure. Everyone kind of like, well, maybe meh, it always dies, I guess. Well, you got gun season in pretty much everywhere that has one. So everyone gets together like you guys did today. You got the drives going on, you know. Always. I love it. It's a good time with the boys, you know, just get out there and have fun, you know. I mean, we've shot a ton of deer this week. So it's just just always good, man. I just love getting out with the boys and having fun. Hell yeah. It's good stuff. Shot a couple good bucks and a couple good meat eaters and See what happens. Back to the duck woods tomorrow, though. So. <laughs> well, even the old lady pulled one off this week. Yeah. Yeah, she shot her first one. That was kind of cool. That was cool to be part of. And we busted our hump trying to get it. And we were able to. Caddy Cowboy at the Caddy Ranch. We got to go over there and hunt on the food plot. That was kind of cool. It's definitely a good time. She fucking smoked that thing. I'm not going to lie. I was <laughs> yeah, nervous. I, was gnarly. I was nervous. I was nervous. You know, because like... You know, they never shot a deer before, you know what I'm saying? And especially with the bow, and it's just one of those things, and you see the arrow fly, and then at 12 rings, you're like, oh, your heart stinks a little <laughs> bit, you know? Because where we normally hunt, so in the urban area where I hunt, there's a lot of houses around. So if she was to shoot it and it was a bad shot, then obviously we'd have to be chasing it around the woods. So um, we didn't have to. She fucking 12 ringed it. And it was, you know, I had called Steven about it because I was a little nervous, especially her shooting 45 pounds or whatever it is, 47 pounds that she's shooting because you're not getting the path through that we do at 65, 70. I mean, it's decimating. Um, and the Zeus did what it was supposed to do. Yeah, and the shot definitely- looked good. Everything looked, <clears throat> excuse me, looked good. And uh, after talking to you and just kind of doing what you do, you know, going through this scenario and how far you'd gone in what you'd looked at i mean it was almost like the exact same thing that happened in ohio (laughs) yeah just just easier to take a break go get your gear down give it time in case Mm -hmm. and there it was right in front of you and it's and it's and it was kind of funny so my wife's kind of like calm as a cucumber doesn't really get all excited about everything and like the anticipation like deer come out in the in the food plot and we're just watching them and i'm like please just just do it please just do it and it just took forever it felt like it was like 15 minutes until they actually came into range <laughs> I was like all right draw back so then she draws back and the thing's at 20 yards and she lets it rip she was still calm and cool i mean like she got a little bit excited you know she's like oh my god i did it i did it but i think more or less she wanted to be able to see it and be there you know like like yeah. see that it was dead you know before she got all jacked up 
And um, yeah, but we all know that you're the excited one and she's the grounded one. So it was probably you in the background freaking out and oh, she yeah. on Trevor, calm down. Uh, it's exactly what happened, yeah. actually, 100%. Kind of what I figured. Yeah, it was cool, though. And then when she actually found it, because, like, there was no blood because we didn't get the pass-through, and the arrow had broke. So, well, actually, I'm sorry. It did have the pass-through. It just didn't go through the skin all the way on the right side of it. So we had just kind of, like, fanned through, and I was like, all right, you go this way. Follow that trail down. I'm going to follow this trail down, see if we can find blood or an arrow or something, and then we'll go from there. And... uh I could see her like jumping. Oh my god! Oh my god! I found it! Found it! And then so we went down to it, and uh, it was dead as a doornail, man. Hell yeah! Go probably 65, 75 yards, and uh, I was completely piled up. So it was cool. It was definitely badass. Awesome. Well, yeah. big congrats to Michelle. Yeah, it was cool, man. We'll have to have the girls get on and kind of follow up and tell their stories on their own and kind of what they did and how they did it. And tell you one thing. That little ember is on fire this year. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's smoking deer everywhere. Jesus, man. Both of them have killed bucks in our home state, so we can't even get that done, dude. <laughs> Fuck. Hey, it's all right. Going into the year, that was kind of goal number one. It was. And then Ohio was goal number two at this point. That's what I that's said. That's what man. it is. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's exactly what I said because, like, we both accomplished our goals. Our goals are done. Like, whatever happens in this season, I'm over it. You know, like, it's – it. I'm good. It's yeah. a good season. We had a very successful good season. The only thing that needs to happen is you need to kill something. I mean, we both got does. I got a buck. But you need to you need to shoot something, man. Like, oh, I'm like – I will. My gun season ends on west of the Blue Ridge this weekend coming up or just after the weekend. I got to look. That's awesome. So, that public land over there will all be gun-free again. So you I don't still have, have to cameras worry. in there? No. No, I pulled everything. So I'll go back in there with the bow. But this weekend, we're going to go down to the property on the Carolina border and uh, take the great equalizer. So nice. We're going to. Loud bow? Yep. Them lead arrows. It's awesome. Yeah. 300 grains. <laughs> Nothing better than that, buddy. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to sit up and. You know, we've had some pretty good deer blowing through there. Just looking for some of that late rut, you know, second rut action, as the old timers would call it. Mm. It's kind of been kicking off. I mean, like a, we we were talking the other day and kind of the cameras have been kind of going a little bit crazy. These bucks are searching for more does and things are kind of starting to pick up. And you, you're starting to see them more on feed because they're kind of like in that break and, you know, they're searching. So it's. I think things are really going to start kicking off. You're starting to see scrapes open back up and stuff like that. So, right. I mean, I had a ton of bucks in the past two days just, just cruising. So, you're seeing them on camera again. So, I think things are going to kick off here, and I think a lot of shit's going to die. I really do. Yes, sir. I mean, it's a lot of big bucks have hit the ground, man. A lot of people have been very successful and doing very well, and a lot of, a lot of deer hitting the ground. It's been a phenomenal season. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. Especially so. the two next big killers we're going to talk to tonight. You guys are uh, in for a fucking treat. Oh, I got a feeling this one's going off the rails real quick. I mean, how do, you, how do you top squirrel pouch and moonshine? No, you don't, man. <laughs> I, I got a feeling there will be a couple good shots at beating that tonight. Oh, yeah. You add the Ken doll in and we're fucking ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> you guys will all understand a little bit. Oh, I think, for uh, sure. Should we hit this in fast forward, man? Let's turn up this news for your crews and 
get yeah. things underway. Let's get that thing rolling. Because if not, we'll be here all night. Yep. And right. uh, I'm excited. Hey everyone, Mike here with some news for your crews. We're going to kick this one off in New York, where the Department of Environmental Conservation has announced a new Why I Hunt and Why I Trap photo essay contest. This is an opportunity for hunters and trappers to share photos and stories about why they hunt or trap in New York State. Photos and essays submitted will be used to support DEC's ongoing efforts to introduce more New Yorkers to hunting and trapping. The DEC commissioner said, whether it's family tradition, a connection to nature, or to feed your family, DEC would like to hear from New York hunters and trappers about what motivates them to venture afield. Please share your stories and photographs and help encourage more New Yorkers to get outside and enjoy hunting and trapping themselves. Participating hunters and trappers may submit photos and essays in one of four categories. The first being youth for under 17 and non-first-year hunters, uh, first-year hunter youth category, first-year hunter adult, and adults for non-first-year hunters. Uh, contestants may submit two photos with their essay entry. Uh, DEC staff will select the best photo essay uh, in each category, and winners' essays and photos will appear in the 2021-2022 New York Hunting and Trapping Regulations Guide. Uh, contest specifications include uh, essays should be nonfiction, original material, not previously published, and told from a first-person perspective. Uh, essays should be no less than 50 words and no more than 500. Limit of one entry per person. Maximum of two photos per entry. Uh, photos must be taken in New York State. And submissions should be made using uh, the link in the episode description. Uh, and the deadline for entries is January 31st, 2021. Uh, if you want more information on the contest, you can call 518 412 8963 email hunter at dec.newyork.gov or write to Hunter Education Program 625 Broadway, 5th floor, Albany, New York 12233-4754. So let's stick to the Northeast and Connecticut where we have some fishing news. First, uh, surprise bonus uh, fishery for this fall. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service reached out to Connecticut Fisheries Division to see if they wanted to make 490 lake trout available uh, to Connecticut anglers as a bonus fishery this fall. Uh, so there has been a one-time stocking of the 490 lake trout, uh, averaging 5.3 pounds into Winchester Lake. Coventry Lake, Tyler Lake, uh, Squance Pond, and Bigelow Pond. There is no expectation that these fish will be holding over for an extended period of time. Um, they're not looking to have them be here for multiple years or that they will reproduce in these waters. Uh, the intent is to provide a short-term specialty fishery for anglers in the state. Uh, the daily limit will be five fish per day. Uh, but Deep is asking anglers to spread the wealth and only take what they plan to immediately use. Staying with Connecticut, 
uh, the Department of Energy and Environmental Protection is accepting public comments, uh, proposed freshwater fishing regulations, and will be holding a Zoom public hearing on the proposed regulations on December 1st at 6.30 p.m. Uh, you will need to register in advance of the public hearing uh, if you'd like to attend. Some of the changes include changes to bow and arrow fishing regulations, uh, clarifying changes to the creel limit definition, adding a closed season to Black, Black Rock Pond and Walker's Reservoir, um, removing Black Pond and Mohawk Pond from the list of lakes and ponds with closed seasons, uh, revising some of the carp regulations, and adding Colony Pond, Crescent Lake, and Rogers Pond to the list of lakes um, with a three catfish per day creel limit. So, and I believe that the public comments are due by uh, December 15th on that if you'd like to submit any. Uh, now off to Kansas, where we'll also be seeing some changes to the fishing regulations for 2021. The first change made by the Kansas Wildlife Parks and Tourism Commission is to reinstate the trout permit for children under 16. Uh, that will be at a cost of $7 uh, and will... Uh, allow them to keep five trout. Previously, there was no trout permit required and children could keep only two trout. So reinstatement of the permit will increase the number of certified license holders in Kansas, uh, which means the state can receive more sport fish restoration funding, uh, which is federal funding allocated to states based on the number of license holders. So this will allow them to allocate additional money, money for um, restoration in the state, which is fantastic. Uh, the commission also approved uh, a reduction in the cost of the one-day fishing licenses for both resident and non-resident uh, anglers. For residents, the cost will go from $8.50 to $6, and for non-residents, it will go from $14.50 to $10. Uh, and most significantly, the commission approved an increase in the number of blue catfish that can be caught in southeast Kansas from 5 to 10 fish per day. Uh, this change is, um, is taking place in six rivers, including the Arkansas River. So now uh, let's end this one in Oregon with some good news uh, where... On November 27th and 28th, everyone can fish, clam, and crab for free. Uh, no fishing licenses or tags will be required on those days. Uh, these days have been set aside for free fishing for several years as part of the hashtag OptOutSide movement, uh, encouraging people to get outdoors after Thanksgiving. Uh, state parks are also waiving fees for parking on the 27th. And although no licenses or tags are required, all other fishing regulations do apply, uh, including closures, uh, creel limits, and size restrictions. So good luck to anyone that can get out there and take advantage of those days uh, and no license requirements. So with that, as always, if you have any news for me, please send it along. Uh, Mike Salter on Facebook or bearded underscore bowhunter21 on Instagram. And with that, enjoy the rest of your ride. All right, man. Thanks again, Mike Salter. We appreciate you, buddy. And uh, you did good, man. Shot a nice buck this this uh, week. And uh, 
going to keep back at it. So. Well, we've been telling him the whole season he was going to, so it's about time. I know. I'm I'm waiting for him. His pop's got a big one, and uh, I hopefully he gets another big one. So Cool. Well, Mike does, at least. So. Yeah. All right. <laughs> give we, uh, to his dad. What an ass. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> said you're giving all the luck to his dad. What an ass. Oops, sorry. Um, should we uh, thank those people that, you know, deal with our bullshit? Yeah, let's run through them, man. <laughs> all right, let's do it. So first off, I'm going to thank our official sponsor, Timber Tumblers. If you guys haven't checked them out, make sure you get over there, TimberTumblers.com. He is the man behind the cup. Man behind the mug. Man behind the mug. That's what it is. There the man you go. behind the mug. Uh, Jason, dude, he's the fucking man. He actually made up a couple of Ducks on Bay one uh, for me. So those came out fucking phenomenal. I'll post up a picture of those so you guys can see those on our story. Those ones came out fucking sick. But if you guys want a custom tumbler with your logo, our logo, we have our own little link there. You can get uh, Outdoor Drive podcast ones right there at TimberTumblr.com. It's good for the holiday season. Also, Wicked wicked Twisted Bowstrings. It's Wicked Twisted, just if you guys didn't notice. It's not Wicked and Twisted. I've been called out on that uh, recently this week. It's Wicked Twisted Bowstrings. Um, get jillified, wickedtwistedbrostrings.com. <laughs> Use Outdoor Drive 10, I believe, and save yourself 10%. The only thing twisted right now is your tongue. <laughs> Jesus, man. It got me all messed up because I normally wicked and twisted, but it's not. It's wicked twisted. Wicked twisted bowstrings. So go and check them out. Also, Wild Edge Inc., wildedgeinc.com, the leader in mobile hunting. That's where you can get your perch and your new – what the fuck is that thing? The Battle – Mint. The Battle Mint. That's what it, I thought. There was a couple of names going back and forth. So the Battle Mint. Um, it's badass platform. It is the perch crossed over with the out on the limb bracket. Those two definitely uh, matched up pretty well. Speaking of, out on the limb manufacturing, out on the limb mfg.com for all of your self filming, saddle hunting needs. Um, get your Shakar sticks over there. You can get the um the reach you can also get the reach at um what is that website which one are you talking about the modern assassins.com i think you can get it over there yeah you can get it a couple different places so go and check him out also um and who else do we have oh norris game calls the last batch of evo calls are out on the market Yep. Did you see those things? Capitalize. There's only a couple left. No more Don't going out this season. Nope. That's the end of it. That's the end of the run. Once they're gone, they're gone. If you guys haven't already got them, make sure to get those. NorEasterGameCalls.com. And then we'll get into the turkey calls. Those are going to start coming. The duck calls. Um, and then your late season, like Predator Content and stuff like that. So those will start coming out too. So get on over there. NorEasterGameCalls.com. Also, Broadside Camo. Oh, I see Steve's wears hat. Broadsidecamo.com for your <laughs> real photo realism camouflage, your sender series, your uh, early season stuff. Um, dude, that shit's badass. I'll tell you. You want to stay <laughs> late season, sitting in the snow, that shit's badass. It looks good, and it's and it's very versatile. So make sure to go check them out, broadsidecamo.com. And I think that's it. I think it's all of them. What do you say? Is there any more? I like to thank Zeus. I mean, if you guys don't, we always got to check Zeus. Zeus brought Yeah, heads. we're good. <laughs> Can't forget about Zeus, though. Oh, yeah. We're not sponsored, but I just love the fucking thing. So 
We'll give him a shout out. Hell yeah. Yeah, man. Hold on. I got to prep for this one. <laughs> Get them. I know. I know. You guys better take a second. And... Yeah, take a second. Have a sip of water. Relax. Sit back and enjoy the fucking drive on this one. It's going to get wild. Let's bring them on. Let's go, man. Shooter, shooter, big It's about to get out in here. Hold on. Dude, no one asked you to take it off. Well, I figured it was a good idea. I forgot I was wearing long sleeves because I was outside all day. But all right, we're Can't back. They with, hold uh, on after it starts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're back on the line with uh, Ken and Barbie. What's up, guys? How are you? <laughs> can I be, hey, can I be Barbie? <laughs> no, you're Ken. Don't you know? <laughs> oh, I know. But uh, <laughs> no. Thanks for having us on, Mr. Bushman. We really appreciate it. You know, the Bushman show is always always an honor that's awesome wait uh, glad to have you bud where where the hell's jackie bushman oh oh i don't see i was him. told by my agent that jackie bushman would be here it's the facial hair you just don't recognize him yep that's it actually which i gotta shave it looks like shit but hi fellas how are you so we got clay and damien what's up what's guys on? how are you doing great man Thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. Taking the time to hang out with us. I know it's going to be a uh, a long long ride here. It's all right. What 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 better to talk about, right? Yeah, Killing just, animals. Especially towards the end of the season, man, get all jacked up again and Yeah. I don't know. I I still got people hitting me up talking about damn squirrel pouch and moonshine, so <laughs> <laughs> I just warned everyone just be ready. <laughs> Why don't you guys introduce yourselves? We'll start with uh, start with Damien because we haven't had Damien on. Why don't you introduce yourself, man? Who you are, where you're from, and uh, and what you do? I'm uh, Damien Riffle. I'm from uh, East Central Ohio. I uh, I'm I'm a barbecue carny. <laughs> I uh, own a barbecue business, and uh, I'm also a uh, project manager for uh, a uh, communications company. And uh, been hunting my entire life. Spent uh, four years in the military, got out in 2000, trail cameras kind of took off, and uh, my passion for chasing big Midwest bucks, or East Coast bucks, as uh, Clay says. Middle East. Uh, Middle East. Middle East bucks, uh, (laughs) when that happened, so, and I've been on a pretty good streak since, since then, so. Easy enough. I guess so. you Clay. Why don't you why don't you reiterate <laughs> who you are? Well, uh, I'm Clay Thurman. I'm from Central Nebraska, and I lied to you last time I was on by accident. Uh, uh, I was just talking about how I got started hunting, and I said I killed my first uh, deer when I was uh, ten. I, I did kill my first deer when I was ten, but I told you I killed my first deer when I was twelve with a bow. And I got to thinking that was my first buck with a bow. I killed a doe. 
the year before. So when I was 11, I lied to you last time. But uh, just, your first buck just, when you were 10? Say again? You said you killed your first buck when you were 10 or when you were 12? Uh, first buck with a bow when I was 12. Nice. That one up there is my first buck with a bow. About the same size. (laughs) (laughs) That could have been bad. Who cares about that deer? Yeah, that one's – we're talking about the little guy up on the wall there. (laughs) Yeah, same same deer. That was the number one deer that started it all. Yeah. Actually, I remember that, Damien, when you were on – what is that, Whitetail? Cribs. Cribs, I remember that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Mine's still hanging on my parents. I posted a picture of it my first – I think my first buck with a shotgun I posted the other day, I had a, yeah. a full uh, real tree suit on, like a bib or a, a coverall top and bottom. We'll call it a onesie. Yeah, the arms were like this long because dad had sewn them up inside it. Because when I was little, my arms were only about this big. <laughs> but the legs, mom took the legs back down and I could still wear it just looked like it was like a three quarter sleeve. It's fancy. <laughs> That's awesome. So how did how did how did you two get together? Um, well, we're uh, we're both part of uh, working class bone hunters uh, hunting team, and uh, we uh, we're kind of the old farts on the team, I guess, for the most part. You are. And uh, Clay took um, I, was attracted to me. Not sure what for. <laughs> Uh, he started sending he started dropping in my dms <laughs> sliding right in so barbie went for ken this time huh yeah, yeah. right yeah. yeah and uh we started chatting and we started he called me and we you know we just we're both sarcastic assholes and uh we uh we just kind of hit it off personality wise and uh and then we went to the shoot this summer shot the shot the round with the with uh as a group and uh you know, just uh, kind of hit it off even more. And then we started planning some trips to do. And that's uh, that's where it all started. It's where the love began. That's awesome. Yeah, you that, guys are like two peas in a pod. I love it. I think it's that, – uh, <laughs> That working class group, The the I've made several really good friends out of that group. Uh, and, and it's not that there aren't any that aren't my friends. Mm-hmm. It's just some of them you click with, you know. Uh, I talked to Tim Stancliffe yesterday on the phone, you know, and we were visiting. He had a, a tree stand spill the other day, so he's got a little bruise in his nether regions, but he's all right. <laughs> That's always a scary thing, man. Yeah, the old uh, harness caught him by the crotchel. <laughs> yeah. At least he was wearing it. Yeah. His lineman's belt caught him. Otherwise, he was. He said he was going to land on a, excuse me, on a, a boulder and a tree stump, both. Mm. Yeah. That doesn't sound like a good time. Yeah. It's more than a bruised ego. Oh, yes, sir. You know, lots, of, lots of people have been falling lately because that's what I called him for was, what is the deal with everybody falling out of these slick mobile setups? And, you know, I mean, is there a connection? Is, that, is there something going on? And what he kind of, his opinion, because I, uh, I don't put tree stands up and take them down the same day very often. I'm not saying I wouldn't, but. Hard to do that That's with a ladder stand. Pretty tough. <laughs> pretty tough. But I, I don't. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll hang and bang as they call it. But I, that, that after that day, it turns into a permanent stand. Because if I was going to put a stand there, there's reason I put a stand there. Uh, but he said it, he didn't think it was a connection necessarily with the equipment. He said it was a connection with guys going up and down thirty times and becoming complacent. 
mm. and not getting strapped in, not getting their, their steps set and, and hurrying up the tree. You know, some guys say they can be up the tree in, in seven to 10 minutes. Well, if somebody's trying to be a hero and do that and they're not paying attention. Get careless. Something doesn't click in right. You know, you cinch it tight and that, that clip is just kind of twisted on there and you step on it and it pops, you know, it's enough. That's all it takes sometimes, you know? Yeah. Especially with a lot of the sticks, they're having a lot of uh, dropouts. So like the stick kick out, yeah. kick out. So they'll, they'll shift. You see a lot of that going on, but guys just not got, not standing on them and getting the pressure down so that they're actually cinching down into the tree and they're actually kicking out. And a lot of guys are getting hurt that way also, especially it's, yeah. That's a scary thing. That's, when I'm running my sticks, I have anchors on the bottom of them. So when the first thing you do is you step on it and it pulls it down tighter. You know what I'm saying? And it, you don't have to worry about it as much because it bites right. in. But you're seeing a lot of that. And people are definitely getting hurt, you know, and it's not, not good. Not I good. guess that's, that's one upside to the, like the wild edge steps. Because, I mean, if it's not on there and on there correctly, it's not going to come in and be that's true. able to step on. So one more upside in that direction. For sure. I don't even need a bow rope in most of my stands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the old one-hand climb. That's right. Uh, I've seen some of your setups this, <laughs> this year, Clay. I don't even think you had it. You basically just had to step up onto the platform, didn't you, on a couple of them? Oh, man. I hunted lower that – you know what? Let's save that. Let's talk about that during the whitetail stuff because All right. yeah. that, that's – that I that's that's pretty interesting. I just hunted low a lot, so really, yeah. You, you with a lot of people, it seems like it was He's in weird. Nebraska. He's hunting shrubbery. There ain't no there was no <laughs> damn trees, right? So it uh, so Damien and I once we got hooked up and we we kind of became pals. Uh, I think I insulted him one time on one of his posts, and then uh, <laughs> after didn't I? <laughs> That's where I knew. That's when I knew I loved the guy because, like, I was shooting 100 yards slow motion in my backyard with a lighted knock, and I posted a video, and uh, my my wife recorded it, and uh, I said, "Man, my gut looks like it sticks out." And this bastard right here, first thing out of his mouth is he comments, he's like, "I hate when my belly." <laughs> What'd you say? I hate when my belly uh, photo bombs me. <laughs> <laughs> now only I got belly. Ken's got a freaking washboard over there. <laughs> I'm not like, Barbie. Like I am not Barbie, by the way. That's not how this little relationship. Oh. I'll be the dream boat. I, I, I mean, I, I'll be the Jeep. So, so I am not Barbie. Ken and Beulah? Yeah. Malibu Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> if you give me a nickname, just Steve, I will give you one. Oh, no. Steve got a nickname. <laughs> they keep trying. I, I just, I'm. I'm just Steve. I'm, I'm almost certain I've seen that Nebraska Nebraska Barbie in the uh, toy, lot, toy aisle. <laughs> yeah, Husker Barbie. <laughs> Poor Husker Barbie. <laughs> She's a little thicker, a little thicker than some of the other Barbies. <laughs> just okay. a little. That's okay. This this day and age, that's all right. <laughs> we had a hell of a year so far. Uh, some bad luck here and there. But yeah, so what so what was the first time that you, the two of you guys got, got to hunt together or, or what were you guys you guys had planned some hunts and so when we were out at the shoot we started talking about it and uh you know clay's a freaking mule deer killing stud and uh, i had never i had never shot a mule deer and honestly they had never been 
crazy high on my my wish list but i've knocked some of the my bigger wishes off and mule deer were coming onto my radar and i uh we started talking about it and and to be all honest you know clay had was straightforward and said you know i've been burnt a couple other times you know taking buddies out and i said well here's and he had never killed a bear and uh i have a pretty good i have family in a pretty good area for bears and i'm i'm 100 percent success with them oh my dog just walked in and uh i said well how about you come out here this year and uh you know try to bear hunt and then you know if, if you feel like it was on the up and up and you have some success or whatever. And then next year you can invite me mule deer hunting. That was the plan. And then, uh, it was probably what, three weeks before opener. He calls me up and, you know, he's barely, like, hey, man. barely three weeks. Barely three weeks. Yeah. And he said, Hey man, you know, I know our plan was, you know, next year, but I'm sitting here thinking about, you know, I'm going to deer camp by myself and who I could invite. And he's like, what am I thinking? He's like, that's kind of a dick move. So, He's like, you want to go to mule deer camp? And I was like, absolutely. Hey, you know, I'd love to. And uh, that's pretty much uh, how it all started. So we made the plans and uh, I drove the, what was it, 16 hours out there? Something like that. I don't even remember now. And uh, pulled into the house there and had to uh, beat Ashley away from me. She just uh, was attacking me. And I uh, had to lock my door at night, and it was kind of <laughs> yeah. kind of dirty. I was like, man, I, I didn't know what to do. I wasn't, wasn't in there for all that. And, uh, <laughs> next, no. time he come, next time he comes back, he's got to fall asleep at some point, and she's probably going to get him back for that comment. <laughs> and uh, then, uh, you know, we kind of talked about our expectations, and he walked, walked me through his house and showed me some of the bucks he had mounted, and – you know, he's got some absolutely just beautiful mule deer he's killed and has mounted there in the house. And, um, you know, I told him, in all honesty, like a dream to go out there. Like I wanted to go out there and kill a good representation of a mule deer. You know, I didn't want to go out there and shoot a little fork horn. I didn't want to go out there and shoot something small. And, you know, um, I said, honestly, if I came out here and I shot a 160 or anywhere above that or whatever – I would be absolutely ecstatic and couldn't ask for anything more. And he's like, well, you'll probably end up shooting the first two-year-old, you see. I said, I don't know about it. And he's like, no, nah, you'll be surprised. And um, so I, I was like, well, maybe. You never know. So we uh, we loaded up and drove the other, what was it, three hours to, to – uh, About three and a half. Three and a half, yeah, something like that. And, and the reason I say that about the, about the two-year-old thing is – guys that have never seen mule deer like shit down their leg when they see a two and a half year old mule deer because if that were a white tail <laughs> he's yeah. got 14 inch twos yeah you know 15 inch twos and and they just they freak out and even if they're killers i mean damien's obviously a, a big buck killer even if they're killers when they see that two and a half year old frame i'll still do it from time to time you go oh gosh there's a shooter and then you have to pull focus and go no that's that is a small animal um because even a two and a half or well <laughs> this deer's two and a half yep that's a two and a half year old yes that's two and a half year old deer mm -hmm. so you see that deer prancing through a field 
I mean, I've, I've got my Chuck Adams arm extenders on too, but <laughs> you see this deer prancing through a field. That's a big whitetail, right? So a lot of guys, they don't quite understand when somebody says, I want a 160-inch deer. They might not know what they're talking about, you know, and that, like that deer right there would have been an excellent representation of the species. He's 135 inches, but he'd have been an excellent representation of the species. Forks, forks, it's a win. So, do they normally? And we also talk. That one didn't have any brows at all. Right. Lots of mule deer don't. But as a general rule, in my area, they do where I hunt. So, now did you make that rule? Do you tell them they had to? Yes. Okay. Just just wanted to clarify. <laughs> yep. Thurman's handbook must grow brow tides. Yeah, it's in the life lessons. So when they get Plus tired of you shooting powder. them, they're just going to stop growing them. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and must know how to squirrel pouch. Yeah. Uh, so here's something that Damien was really – like he took a little bit of a chance not knowing what he's going to see or what he's going to do. And this is why I said the last time that if you have a guy in camp with you, that's the guy you want to have in camp with you. Uh, because he – his expectations are correct, but I also made made our deal clear, like clear, 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 which was before before anything started, before we agreed, it wasn't like he showed up and we made the deal. Basically, it was, this is my hunt. You're here to help me get a deer, and once I fill my tag, we'll, we'll work to fill your tag. And, and you'll, you, I can help you get access to, you know, all the places that I'm really blessed to, to have permission on or, or things like that. And, he, you know, I mean, he's nodding his head. You know what I mean? So, and also said anything I passed, obviously, he could, uh, he could have at any time. So, it was really nice of him to agree to that. Uh, <laughs> he's leaving out the part he sent me a contract. <laughs> Damn! he's like because he had been burnt he's like he goes now you you might laugh but i i had this contract and you gotta you gotta agree to it and he sent it over to me <laughs> and it was i had to laugh because it's all you know to me it's and to honestly to anybody it should be like just common sense kind of respect sort of things you won't talk to landowners you won't exchange phone numbers with landowners landowners kids you won't seek permission and if i did i had to bring all my deer mounts out to nebraska and he got to burn them (laughs) that was well he stood by quietly the the quietly part like he had to watch while i burned him (laughs) and it was on a a day of my choice so christmas day this year we were going to have a campfire (laughs) fair enough I think that's so, uh, a great agreement. I think everyone should be in that. Right? It was great. You know, there's a there's a difference between taking somebody hunting where they live and them getting permission. And then there's a, another thing. Uh, I mean, hunting ground is hard to come by. And there are some great people that have taken a chance on me and allow me uh, and truly that's they're allowing there's no money there's no anything they're just saying hey we'll let you hunt and a lot of these places not a lot of them but some of these places are places where no one gets to hunt like other than family and they're allowing me to go in there and, and bow hunt so 
<clears throat> when I take someone there, casual pleasantries with the landowners as far as it goes. You know what I mean? Like I took somebody one time and he, and he was asking the landowner that day in front of me for permission to turkey hunt. And, and I just, what just happened? So I'd break his legs. You know, he's my friend. So, you know, you get over it, but that's not, you know, that's not the agreement. And so that's where I learned that plus another couple other things. That's where I learned that I want to be clear on what my expectations are so that he doesn't, he knows. And it was wildly clear, wasn't it, Damien? It was like two pages. It was great. I loved it. Like it was, you know, I, like I said, it, it, it's everything that was in it to me is was common sense and respect to the person because it was a privilege for me to be able to go out there and hunt the, his private property that he has permission to hunt. So in no way, shape or form would I ever pursue, you know, talking to the landowners or exchanging, you know. Now, he didn't say anything about the landowner's grandkids, so I did land their phone number. So that wasn't it's the, uh, there, w- there was a clause in there about distance. There uh, a distance yeah, clause. I think there was. You're right. I'll guarantee so. you there was. There was nothing that you could do. You can't even contact him on MySpace. It's specifically listed. <laughs> that was the last social media that Clay fucking used. That's the only reason <laughs> MySpace was not there. <laughs> That's so, funny. So anyway, that you know, that was all planned out and we go out there and he had just landed a, a new farm and we decided we were gonna camp on this farm. Took me and, eight uh, years for for that gentleman to to give me permission. Eight years. And just so, keep harping on him? No. You know, <laughs> you just you just ask him and you know, and he'd say, Well, you know, I got some family going on and the one time I, I saw him on the road and we were visiting. I would just stop to say hi, and I, I basically had quit asking. And then that was the year that I'd really gotten burnt at a different place. And he uh, he said, well, you come down my way. And I'm just, you know what I mean? I, I couldn't believe it. So, and it's beautiful. Damien, go ahead. I, yeah, I didn't mean sorry, it didn't mean, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, that's the way these stories go. You know, he's got a little bit to put in. I have some. So, and he's right, man. We pulled in there and like it just pulling in that place, you just like got that vibe, you know, as, as a deer hunter and I'm not a mule deer hunter, but it just looked deary, you know, it you was deary. It was like just semi chub going on pulling it, driving down this road, right? And uh, we we got camp set up and started glassing that evening. And I think what what did we see a a white tail or something? One white tail that first evening up there on that bluff. We went up to uh, the, uh, what do we call it, the Eagle's Nest. Yeah. So yeah, we went up there and we saw. It was like something a white tail or for two yeah, seconds. I think it was two two does or something way off, and that was it. And like I'm telling you, it, it couldn't look like better terrain. Like it, I mean, it was just canyons and and uh, just brush, and I mean, it was just beautiful. But big we're canyons, there. big canyons, big you know deep canyons. What do you and, think? Five hundred, six hundred foot cliffs and stuff. 
maybe yeah. not that. Yeah, not big. quite that. That's Grand Canyon stuff there, but really? You know. Oh yeah. Well, it yeah. was big. It like big. 150. I don't like to walk up them. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and uh, that part he's, he's accurate on. Um, so the problem was we're there the first of September, and all the crops are standing. Well, clearly all the deer were in the crops because there was nothing in these canyons. And, uh, and you could see, like you can see. Yeah. And, and we were there prime time. Like the sun was setting, like if deer were up and moving, you were going to see them. And, uh, we didn't see a single, uh, well, we saw those two way, way off. And, uh, that was, that was the day we arrived. And then, uh, the next morning, was um the day before season that was a straight 100 percent scout day and we got up and we started scouting we scouted that farm again in the morning we saw one little bucker clay spotted it way off going into the corn um wasn't anything great that evening i stayed there to glass and then clay drove what is it 12 miles or so Inish, yeah, tennis miles over to the other farms that he had permission to hunt, and he was going to glass over there. I was going to glass on that property, and uh, I, I didn't see anything that evening either. I, I saw a couple uh, white-tailed does come out of the corn, skirt the edge, and then went back in, and uh, that was pretty much it. And Clay comes back to camp, and he, you know he said he's seen some deer. And he had photos of this one buck that he had driven by on the, on the ranch road. Um, and you could tell it was a big mature deer. Just, it had a big belly on him and you could tell just by his body size, but it was very last light when he saw him. And I guess you tell this part, Clay. Yeah. I, as I drive by, um, mule deer aren't like, aren't like whitetails. When you drive by them on the road, they, they nonchalantly look your direction, you know, whereas a big white tail buck that might happen, but you're never going to get two chances at it. Right. Your brake lights come on and they leave. They're just more skittish. Even, even if people aren't road hunting them. So when I come around the corner, I see deer, uh, on this, uh, ranch road right there. So I, as I, as I'm looking, I say, well, that's a nice deer. And then, and I'm trying to film, I'm trying to drive and you can't, you know, you can't go, you can't go very fast and you also can't go too slow. So at 20 miles an hour, I'm trying to give him the old, you know, video I'm on the way by. I make it down to the end of the lane. I turn around, I come back. And this time I'm trying to hit him with, with the, with the window down and I'm trying to hit him with uh, pictures on the way by and they just didn't do justice. But <laughs> I, I knew it was a big deer, but I also knew that it was the day before season and it was missing a top and missing a front. And right then that wasn't my kind of deer. So, so he comes back and, and he shows me these photos and, and, you know, again, it, it kind of goes back to our conversation where, you know, he's telling me I can go after any deer that he passes before he kills. And I was pretty adamant, I feel like, saying that if you're going to pass it, more than likely I'm not willing to shoot it, right? And he's like, well, we'll see. So, he, you know, he shows me these photos of this deer, and you could see big body, and you could tell he had antlers, but he's standing along the side of standing corn, and it's extremely low light. It's a moving photo, really grainy, 
and it's uh, you, you can tell he has antlers, but that, that's about all you can tell from him. Right. And, you know, I'm like, eh, I, I don't think so. And he's like, well, that's not something I'm ready to go after, you know, the day before season. And I'm like, okay. And that was kind of the end of that, you know. So the next morning we get up and uh, we go glass and uh, we didn't, we saw a few decent bucks, but nothing great. And we're kind of separated and I'm trying to find him a, a buck that he wants to go after. And I, uh, I think I, I saw like a, I don't know, 140 type buck, maybe uh, somewhere in that ballpark. And, uh, and then that was it for the morning. And we go back to camp and we're sitting there and, you know, Clay starts talking and he's like, I think you ought to go after that buck I saw last night, this evening. And again, I'm not like too crazy about the idea. He didn't look like much in the photos and, you know, and he's like, I'm telling you, he's like, that's a, that's a big mature buck. You should probably go after him. And then I started thinking, I was like, you know what? I said, I said, self, I'd much rather be hunting than trying to just sit on the field edge someplace trying to find this Yahoo a deer. And uh, <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I, and then I said it to him. I was like, well, what happens if a 160 steps out? And he goes, well, you better shoot it. But if a 200 comes out, you better come get me. <laughs> <laughs> no deal. Yeah, don't shoot the 200s. Don't shoot the 200. So uh, I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll go over there and, uh, and and take a look at him, you know, and see what happens. And it was kind of a, a shit show set up. And I'm, I'm sitting right on the fence row, right off the corn and there, you know, and where the buck came out the night before. And uh, I didn't have a whole lot of confidence in that sit-up. And I'm in a ghillie suit on the ground, you know. But, uh, you know, didn't see much. It was dead, dead calm. And I could hear deer in the corn moving, like ru the stalks rustling around. And uh, about uh, just at very last light, the way that uh, field edge put up, it was mowed. And it was about the width of about a one lane road it was you know pretty pretty narrow between the corn and the fence and it, it was it had a small rise to it and right at the apex of the hill I see a, a deer step out silhouetted at like 200 yards so I pull up my binos and it was a little dinky buck and while I'm sitting there looking at him a second one steps out and uh, I, uh, I take my binos down and I'm just kind of judging the distance and about then I see a, a third body step out of the corn silhouetted on the skyline and I pulled my binos up and I said holy shit I, I saw <laughs> 17 inch g2s and mass and I'm like oh damn it kind of was like I'll shoot that son of a bitch <laughs> and I, you know I I'm, I'm questioning I'm like is this the same deer that he was talking about and I could see the one side had a you know pretty weak fork and uh, I was like, that's got to be him. And I'm like, I'm not going to go back and <laughs> rave about how big this deer is. And Clay be like, you know what? Maybe I ought to take a second look at this deer. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I, I go back and, you know, I told him I saw him. And uh, um, he just came out too far and it got dark. And when it got pitch dark, I, I walked down the field edge and around for Clay to come get me. So we didn't disturb anything. And uh, then the next day we hunted the morning. We, we uh, 
Was that the morning uh, you tried to stock that? Yeah, the the one we saw over there with the, in the sun. Wasn't that the second morning, Clay? Uh, where I stayed in the truck yes. and dropped you yes. off and then I threw back around. Yeah, that was the morning Clay, after where they were walking that corn edge. Yeah, so Clay put a stock on one. Um, he was he was mid one fifties, mid one sixties. He had he had all his forks. He just wasn't huge. Yeah, he was just pretty standard. And uh, that that stock got blown by a what was it a doe or something? Ended up busting you, didn't she? In the corn? No, I had them. I, there was four bucks, and I had them all there. Uh, I had crept up to the corn, and there was a really nice contour, and and where it where the canyon kind of dipped into the corn a little bit there was a, you know, a couple small trees. So I was just able to basically jog. <laughs> move oh, quickly. It was, move it was quickly. more of a walk. It was yeah. very much a walk. Airborne shuffle. Anyway, so I <laughs> shuffled towards, sauntered toward, there you go. I sauntered. I sauntered towards the deer and uh, I was able to get within like 25 of the smallest buck. But as it turns out, the bigger deer had just went into the corn. And at that point, the smaller buck nails me. Everybody else kind of walks out and I'm drawn. Now I'm drawn back and I've got the deer in my sights at 40 yards. Um, but right in front of me where he was, there was, I had corn in front of me and then he had corn just in front of his vitals. And I'm just not going to do that, you know? So one of those hope and pray kind of things. Uh, but in in the end, that one got blown. So that was our morning. And then uh, we went back to camp, made some lunch, and it's like ninety five degrees. It's hot, you know. It was pretty pretty damn hot that day and sunny. And uh, I told him, I said, you know what, I want to go back after that buck this evening. I think, and I want to go in and and kind of give myself a little bit of a ground blind because I just felt crazy exposed where I was at. And uh, so I went and, and cut a small cedar there by our campsite and hauled it over there on the four-wheeler and, and uh, threw it over the fence and kind of brushed it in. And then I, I, I went driving up that, that ranch road and it kind of turned around and I'm just kind of going slow. And uh, so when them deer were coming out of the corn, there was, uh, like I said, that like car and a half wide strip that the, the, you could drive a truck down basically. And then there was a barbed wire fence. And then there's like a, a deep like ditch that was like, I don't know, eight feet wide and probably four feet deep or three and a half feet deep at the deepest. And then I went up to the ranch road, across the street was a hay field. Right in the middle of that hay field was a straight wall canyon, like a little mini Grand Canyon that just straight walls, really deep, just almost like a crevice. And uh, as I'm coming back down the road, I just glance as I paralleled that that canyon. I just glanced, and one of the small bucks he was with went shooting down that canyon. He was bedded in that straight wall canyon, and uh, and went running down it. And I didn't stop. I didn't. I'm, you know, I'm like, oh shit, maybe they're bedded on the in the pasture side, or the big ones over there too this evening. I didn't know. And uh, I went back to camp. And, you know, we discussed my, my strategy and then I looked up the wind and the wind was shifting. So the blind I had built was going to be no good for the evening. And, uh, so a hundred percent wrong, not even like a little bit. Okay. Not, yeah. Just absolutely <laughs> 100% wrong. 
And I told him, I said, well, I can take the four-wheeler back down that, that road, park all the way at the end of the corn, and walk back and just hunt in the inside the edge of the corn and hope the buck comes out, you know. And you got, I guess, not knowing the terrain, it's, it's difficult to explain. So out there, anything that's flat is agriculture. Anything that isn't flat is a canyon and is cattle pasture, pretty much. And these canyons will feed, you know, you'll have these big fields on the ridges and these canyons will have little fingers that kind of feed up into the, into the, uh, the fields. And them deer will run them canyons and go right across the ag field. And, and when I got up there to, well, I'm jumping ahead of myself. So those bucks will bed in those canyons and then feed through that corn, jump the fence, go over to the hay pasture at night. Right. And I told him if I could step inside the corn and try to catch them deer as they came out of the corn. And uh, he said, or you could drive all the way around the section in the four wheeler, go down through the cattle pasture and come up the very last canyon, which had no trees or anything. It was just open, an open canyon. And that way there's no disturbance of any of the deer in the corn. They don't hear the four wheeler going down the, the, the road or anything, you know? So I thought that was the, the, the wisest thing to do. So I get in there, park the four wheeler <laughs> and, uh, I get to the corn and I start walking down the corn. And now as I'm walking down the corn, every time I would get in line with one of those canyons that fed up into the corn, the crop deprivation was just amazing. You would go from eight foot corn stalks to waist high corn. It was just a bowl out where the deer were coming through there just munching and I was like, holy shit, this is a hell of a trail. Well, then, you know, I go to another 80 yards or 100 yards, and there's another one. And I go 80 or 100 yards, and there's another one. And I'm like, well, Jesus, which one's he going to come out? You know, it, it, it's a guessing game. Whack well, there was Right. And th- what I ended up deciding to do is there was a roll to the hill, a roll to the t- topography, and I felt if I got to the apex of the hill, I could see eight – six or eight of those canyon trails coming up out of that through that corn that I could potentially hunt. And if I stayed all the way back to hunt the first two, I could only hunt two because I couldn't see the over the hill to, for the rest of them. Right. So I'm like, and, okay. And even, even if from the apex, he were to come to those down ones, you could still see behind you and yeah, but he, he, he might not my... with you until that point in time. True. So there, there was an option for the, the two behind me as well, but um, so that was my game plan. So after walking in and it's what, five o'clock in the evening, September 2nd. So we're still several hours from dark and, uh, I go walking back up and at just as I get to where I'm like, okay, this is where I want to be set up. I look up for whatever reason. And at like 200 yards, I see the big buck walking right down the ranch road, walking straight towards me. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, there he is. <laughs> you know, like, it kind of dumped out. And, it, and what it turns out, he was bedded in that canyon across the street. And I think he just got hot. And he was headed to water because on the opposite side, where he typically had bedded is where the cattle trough and the, and the watering is. And I think he was heading to water. And uh, he was just walking down that ranch road. And as soon as I saw him, I just stepped into the first edge of corn 
and I started slowly walking towards him because he's, you know, 200 yards away. And uh, wind's in his face. Wind, yeah, wind's in my face. It's He's walking with it straight at his back, you know, and, and couldn't have been a better situation. And every time he would get to one of those canyons where the, 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 they would come across and jump the fence and go into the pasture, that buck would stop, survey the fence, look at the bottom and look over top of it, trying to figure out how easy it would be for him to cross. And because of that ditch, it was very difficult for him to jump it at that, at that most of the locations. And he, his rack was too big. He couldn't, you know, duck under it. So he would, he would look at that one and then he'd be like, nope. And he'd start walking in it. And he's in the ditch at this point. And all I could see was his rack walking. And I just bear in mind, bear in mind, his rack is so big that he can't get through a loose three strand barbed wire fence. And I was like, yeah, 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 you can have him. I don't want him. He's just a little guy. (laughs) Not what I want. So I'll take sloppy seconds. And so uh, he just kept going, kept going to each one. And he now he's done past like three of these crossings and said nope can't cross here and he gets to the next one and i'm i'm looking at it and and now i'm on my knees because he's at within bow range i knew i didn't know the yardage at that point but i knew he's in my kill zone at this point and uh i'm, I'm kind of on my knees and i kind of crawl out to the edge and i figure you know even if he doesn't cross there he's just going to keep getting closer and closer right and I wanted to be ready. So I'm kind of half in the corn, half out of the corn. And uh, he gets up to the fence and he walks up and he touches his chest to the fence and he looks over and then he backs up and he kind of squats down again to look to try to squirt under the fence. And then he goes back up and he touches his fence again and he just sits there and he looks for the the longest time. And I'm like, he's going to jump right here. You know, I could just tell by his body language, he's going to jump that fence. So I got ready and, uh, I, I shoot that the Garmin Zero sight, right. and he. Uh, so I got got ready, and that buck when he loaded his back legs to jump, I drew back on him, and he jumped that barbed wire fence, and he hooked his back leg on the on the fence as he jumped, and he starts yanking on his back leg, and it's zinging like a banjo string coming down <laughs> past me, you know, it's just like zing zing, and he's yanking on his leg, which was perfect because it gave me time to range him with my sight. And uh, he was 67 yards, and he yanked his leg loose, and he took, like, four steps to the edge of the corn, and I am just got the pin on him, and he stops, and his head's totally in the corn, and he's just smelling the trail. And I Textbook. start pressure, and uh, the shot breaks, and I could see the arrow going about halfway, and then at full sun, I just lost sight of the arrow, you know. And it looked like it was drifting a little bit back, but it still looked like it was there. And I heard the wallop, and he mule kicked and ran into the corn. I heard corn for five seconds, ten seconds at most, and then dead silence. So I'm all excited. You know, I just shot and hit my first mule deer. And uh, so I call up Clay, and I'm like, dude, you're not going to believe this. I I just shot him. It, it, You know, he come in, and he's like, well, how big was he? I'm like, I don't know, 160, I'm guessing, you know. (laughs) All right. He's all excited. And he's like, well, I'm on my way. So I hang up the phone with him and I no more than hang up the phone with him. And I hear corn crash. And I'm like, 
He's that down. sounded like a deer crashed. And I'm like, now I'm, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, I, I'm like that, that was a deer crash. I just felt like that's the only thing it could have been. And uh, so Clay pulls up clear down where the, I had saw the buck and he jumps the fence and he starts walking towards me, right? Straight line. I haven't moved from where I shot that buck yet. And you know, we get on the cell phone and I'm ranging him with my rangefinder. And he hits 75 yards. I'm like, my arrow, if I got a pass through, should be right there. And I, what'd you take? Like three more steps? And he's like, uh, I was at 90. I was at 90 from what I remember. And I, I, I was asking you to tell me when I was at 90. And you did. Because okay. at that point, if he was at 65, now I got 30 yards to look for an arrow. Yeah. Uh, because it's probably, probably not going to go much farther than that. I took two steps and this, we, we had basically finished the sentence. And I go, oh, shit, it's right here. So. so Oh yeah. He, uh, you know, he sees the arrow and he's like, well, we got blood. And he said, but I, there's stomach matter here. And I'm like, oh, you know, that, that anytime you have stomach matter, you know how it is. It just kind of guts you a little bit. And that's broad stuff here. Right. And, and, and I'm, I'm like, okay. You know, that kind of took the wind out of my sails a little bit. And he takes, he said, but there's a lot of blood here. And then he takes a few more steps and he looks into the corn and he goes, a lot of blood. So I'm like, okay, I'm coming. So I get up there to him and, and we're looking at it and you can clearly see in the corn, it looked like somebody had two paintbrushes and in each hand and just ran through the corn and, uh, and there, were blood. Splash, there were splashes of blood. Like, like if I, if I poured this, this bourbon out on, on a, on the ground, that, that much blood. Like, and, really uh, so we're, it was we're dark red, though. Yeah, it was dark red. So we're sitting there discussing it, and uh, he said, well, this is your hunt. He said, I'm not telling you that we need to push this deer, it, but he's like, if it were me, you know, I, I, I would go after it, right? And I'm like, it, it's 95 degrees out, and I'm certain that I heard a deer crash. And I said, so, you know, we'll go in a little ways. If the blood peters out, we'll back out, you know? And uh, we start trailing this deer. And Not to mention, I'm going to interrupt you. Yeah. Had we pushed this deer, he was going to bump into a canyon, and we could have we could have seen that happen. Yeah, for the moment. gotcha. Okay, yeah. Tracking. So we uh, we decide uh, to go after him. We start tracking him, and it's it's pretty easy. But when I so we start going into the corn, and from where I shot him to where I heard that crash, it sounded like it was in between those two points where we were and where I was, it sounded like the deer almost ran he towards came me. back towards you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I heard the crash. So I'm blood trailing and I keep looking down the rows of corn to my left. Right. I'm not looking to the right at all. And I keep going down, keep going down. We got really good blood and clay goes, I smell him. <laughs> I, I'm like, I grabbed him on his shoulder. I was standing right next to him. I grabbed his shoulder. I said, I smell him. I smell him. He's right here. And you and you could see it. Like, I've got the video of the recovery on my YouTube channel, that Buck, the uh, Buck Collector Clay channel. Uh, so at that point, I look, I and I don't do a good job of telling this in the video. I grabbed him and I said, I smell him. And I, I'm fumbling for my camera. And I let go of him. And I look over my shoulder, and that son of a bitch is right there, dead, like six <laughs> foot behind me. 
so and I'm not, but I'm not going to spoil that. I'm, I'm, I'm fumbling with my phone and I'm like, check over there. And I, I like the deer's here. I'm like, check over, what, you see any blood over there? I'm not I'm the only asshole that does that. <laughs> right before he sees it. And then I, and I said, just track him. And you hear me say that in the video, it's just track him. Follow and the blood, he, he says. Follow yeah. the blood. Follow the blood, so, track him. And at this point, the deer, we're to the point where the deer had made the hard right and and walk down the aisle and we're going this way i'm looking left so i keep looking ahead and now there's no blood and for whatever reason i just glanced to my right and about eight ten feet away i just see this big gray ass laying there <laughs> and uh i i let out a, a exciting or whatever i said <laughs> if you listen close in that video you'll hear me edit I had to take out a second because he kept going, holy shit, holy shit. So if you look, if you I know the feeling video, it goes, holy, holy. Yep. <laughs> yep. And, uh, you know, when, when I walked up on him, you know, I, I said I couldn't be any happier to if I shot a 160. And uh, as it turns out, he scored 160 and an eighth. <laughs> and uh, he had 17-inch G2s. He was 25 inches wide and had seven and a half inches of bases. And uh, he, as a mule deer, he scored like shit and still scored 160 inches. He didn't have great forks. He was lopsided. He, had a, he was missing a fork. Well, it wasn't missing. He had a small fork on the right. He had a small front on the one opposite side. He was just lopsided. But... He was full velvet, crazy heavy mass, and wide. I mean, it was the widest buck you, you've ever killed out there, wasn't it, Clay? Didn't you say that? Or What, what was, was he, wide? 25? Yeah, wider than anything I've ever killed. They're not real wide here. You got, you got to get into Colorado a little bit before you get those. I'm not saying nobody's ever killed a 30-inch wide deer in Nebraska. Sure, I'm just sure. saying, but you know, that area, they're 20. That, that was a pretty wide buck, and, you know, he uh, – did. You know, he, he everything that makes a mule deer score, he didn't have, and he still scored 160 inches. And uh, just a, for, for he, reference, here, here's some reference. He's missing his G. If he's a white tail, he's missing his G2 and a brow and his four on the other side. And he still is, made. Is ones. that all? <laughs> yeah, that's 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 the the, the reference. And the deer had I mean, seven and a half inch bases. Crazy nice. heavy, like just nice. full velvet, just insane, just an awesome, awesome buck. And, you know, I, I couldn't have been more, more excited, you know, and, and grateful at that point, you know, and, and the fact we only, I only had to drag him uh, 30 feet to where we could drive. That was beautiful. Right. That's always. He's like, Give, I, I, he said, well, somebody said something uh, about, you know, let's we're gonna gut him and let's get all that taken care of. And I said, I'll go back and get the sled. I throw him the sled because I just had a, a black pull behind sled for Menards. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, it just makes it easier. Right. So I toss in the sled, and I'm doing fumble, screwing around. You know, doing something, getting a drink of water or whatever. Here comes Ken dragging this deer back. Just <laughs> <laughs> look at me, Barbie. No, he just kind of he's like, well, I'll just throw him through the fence here, you know, and he picks him up, bench presses him a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> gently lays him over the fence. Shoulder press. Shoulder press. Right. I don't even know what that is. No. That's, 
<laughs> that's not a thing in our repertoire. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. The, to, for me, that was the, let me think, other than Ashley, other than Ashley, that was the first time uh, and my brother, of course, growing up and things like that. But I was close to this hunt. You know what I mean? I had been a part of this hunt. And a guy had driven across the country. Now, no matter what agreement we made, that was more of a safety for me. Right? I still, what it was is I have complete control of this hunt. And I was, I was happy, absolutely elated that he, he killed this deer. There was never once, and I, I, I hope you didn't feel this way, but there was never once where I was like, damn it, you know, like actually upset, <laughs> you know, that he killed it. it I never it was, got upset, though you, you were honest and then said, yeah, I probably shouldn't have passed that deer, <laughs> which, which is just honesty. That's not a, Had I have got to hold that deer's rack up inside my trophy room before I shot him, I'm not passing that deer. Like I'm not. I'm not that studly, right? You. You got to be. You got to be something to pass a deer like that. That's seven and a half inches around. around. <laughs> Think about it. Right? Think about it. Same size as Clay's biceps. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> now we get back with the insults. There's. It's nice to see you, Mister Insult. It's back. Can't be too nice for too long. I couldn't have been happier. I could not have been happier. Uh, and it, and like I say, it couldn't have happened. And I, I, I don't know if I fully grasp the quality of a hunting camp partner that he was at that point in time. Uh, and I found out the next day. So, uh, but he, he got in there and I just started drinking whiskey. We got back to camp. I just started drinking whiskey. I'm like, I'm going to help, but, uh, you know, I'll hold a leg. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so I'm on vacation, you know. <laughs> so, and he's happy. And we, we got done about 10, 30, 11 o'clock that night. Yeah. And, and uh, had him caped out. And uh, you caped him fully, didn't you? Took him clear off the skull. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we had it all taken care of that night. We were able to start the next day. And uh, I had just acquired, while we were on that trip, I had acquired like 1,500 more acres of some really good stuff. And uh, I wanted to go check that out. And in reality, I was driving that on a four-wheeler. I went and just drove their canyons, you know what I mean? Because I want to – I don't care if I bump a deer. I, wanna, I want to bump a deer. I want to see animals. I want to see what's happening because we've got six days left, you know, five, six days. And I come up out of that Canyon and my phone just goes absolutely berserk. Well, you got to remember, like we knew just from driving the roads in the area where that, where he had got permission, there was no cell service. So when we split up that evening, I told him anytime you come out of that Canyon, check your phone. You know, <laughs> because I'm, if I find a buck, you need to know, you know, that I found him. So you need to make a move ahead. on it. Right. Yeah. It was probably two o'clock when we separated. Probably somewhere around there. And probably well, it was getting dark. What? Six thirty ish. I don't remember. Six o'clock. No, at, at, I mean, it was later than that. We're talking. September. Oh, that's right. Pre-time change. Yeah. 
it's probably eight thirty still or later when it was getting dark. Yeah. So whatever time it was, there wasn't tons of time left. You know, there was an hour and a half of light left, roughly. <clears throat> probably. So, the sun so kind I came of up out of there. That. What's that? The sun was starting to kind of break. think about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's probably a half hour before the sun touched the horizon. So my phone just starts exploding. And I look down, and it's it's do 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 big buck, big buck. I got a big buck spotted. Where are you at? Why aren't you answering your phone? Bang, 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 bang. And then, of course, now I can't dial because my phone is going nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so finally, I, I get a hold of him, and he says he's got a big deer spotted, uh, but he's a he's clear in the back corner of where we need to be. So way in the back corner, it way in the back corner, and <laughs> and I'm I'm very dangerous over short distances uh i'm pretty spry but he was back far enough that this is going to be a, a very very serious hike a lot of this ground is a mile long you know or a half a three quarters of a mile long a lot of these canyons that we're hunting and they're not flat so uh he calls me we get on the phone together and he said uh i'm a long ways back in here you can get to uh, it, here's here, basically here's where I'm at, and I said, okay. I think pin drop, didn't I? An Onyx pin drop, something, something, something along those lines. So I I I hop off the four wheeler and I take off his direction, and I don't know how far it was. <laughs> he he but, called me, and he said, I, I'm off the four wheeler. I'm here. I'm on top of the hill. So and I'm just over the back side of this hill. So I walk up to the top of the hill and I look, I don't know, eight canyons away and there's little tiny clay <laughs> just standing on the skyline, just little tiny dot. And I like wave at him. He sees me and he's like, I'm on my way. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I'm just standing there and I'm watching this deer and I, this, the buck bedded. I watched him bed and I have him, my, my, tripod set up my binos set up on the tripod and the buck is dead center of my binos and uh i'm standing there and every once in a while i glance and kind of get a feel for where clay was coming and you just see him top over one drop down one and then a little bit later i look and top over one drop down one you know (laughs) 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 and and i'm standing there and, and all of a sudden i i hear walking and I look and he's coming down the opposite side of the, the small little Canyon in, that is in between us. <clears throat> and he comes up and drops down and he's coming up my side and clay is, um, believe it or not, he's, he, he runs a lot of marathons and, uh, you wouldn't, <laughs> you wouldn't guess it by the look at him. And when people face, tell me there's a big deer, I run marathons. Yeah. He, he looked angry his face was red, and he had this, like, I'm here to kill something look on his face. And he walks up there, and I try to, like, talk to him, and he just holds his hand up, like, shut up! <laughs> <You know? laughs> let, me, let me tell you why. I did. I, I went, don't talk to me. And, I, and, and it was because I was ready to die. Yeah, like, he's ready to have a coronary. Like, I am about to, to go full-blown 
39 year old coronary time. Like I'm going to die right there on this hill because I had made it whatever distance that was on flat surface. If I did a 12 minute mile, we, something just happened. <laughs> right. And I'll bet it wasn't 12 minutes. I don't, I don't think so. Like and I were, was there. He and, was and there. To, yeah. And to give you, I, Trevor, you, I don't know. Are you a runner? No. Do I look like a fucking runner? <laughs> I'm not going to insult you. Maybe you're like, right. Fuck yeah, I run seven miles a day. I try. <laughs> so, so imagine something that if you were to hike as, as, at a really good, strong double time pace up and down the other side, that it would take you three to five minutes to recover from. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's like every one, one of those hills is one season. of those. Every one of those is one of those. And I summoned some sort of hillbilly magic. Conjured, <laughs> you know. Is that like farm boy strength? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Is that what they call it? Farm boy strength. Yeah. We call it there's something all, different. Yeah, there's some other word for it. But I'm going to go Y'all know where it is. I don't need to explain myself. So he gets there. And I let, so I give him a minute to catch his breath. And uh, I tell I'm him. I'm really hurting. Like, I'm I'm. I'm like, not in fear. There's no fear, but I'm I'm really really in trouble at this point. His face was is about as red as you could imagine somebody's face being, and it was kind of blotchy. So it was like he he didn't have that Barbie glow that he has right now. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he didn't have rosy red cheeks. <laughs> and uh, so he's catching his breath, and I'm like, that buck's dead center of my binos. So he he gets his, a little bit of his wind and. He walks up and he puts his face to my binos. He looks across the, the canyon. And that buck's probably 800 yards, I'm guessing, across the other side of the canyon bedded. And, He's uh, probably about 650. 650? Okay. He's ways. We'll, we'll go 650. And uh, he looks across there and he said, how far do you think that bush is? I said, I don't know, 50 yards? I'm guessing something 650 yards away. He goes, I think it's 42 or something like that. And uh, – and I didn't that say was think. Of, that was the end of the conversation. This son of a bitch was gone. Like he's assholes and elbows going over the hill, right? And I'm like, bye, Clay. And uh, <laughs> a few minutes later, he he's going. I see him weaseling up the other side of the hill, and he uh, I could tell he kind of lost his bearing on where that buck was, the direction he was headed. So I think you you called me. And you asked where he was. And I, I got him kind of steered back in the right direction. And uh, he he got right in there and, and started doing his final stock. And, Clay, you take it from there. Yeah, I, I, I had come up the hill, and I was believing he was a little bit farther up the hill than he was. And there's not a lot of cover here. Um, and there's not a lot of wind, but it's a straight 90-degree crosswind going downhill. So I don't have any fear I don't have any fear that, you know, there's a cliff here or anything like that, that I'm going <clears> to, <throat> that I'm going to run into and have a, a wind swirl or something like that. So that he gets, that happens though. The wind. Swirl? Absolutely. So <clears throat> if you were walking, if you think of water, uh, water is, is the same as wind. So when water hits an eddy and it curls back, yep. <clears throat> wind behaves the exact same way as water. So when it comes over a cliff, at 20 miles an hour, some of it keeps going 20 miles an hour, and the rest of it hits that, and it and it curls. And if the cliff is angled, it'll corkscrew right down the canyon. So, uh, I've had that had that happen to me a time or two. So there's no wind. This deer has his uh, 
uh, he's laying and to where he can't see me. There's, there's stuff in between he and I, and I've got, I, I told you I'd never take my shoes off. I lied to you again. I took my <laughs> shoes off twice this year. Uh, when there's no wind, it's really, really quiet. <laughs> so, yes, sir. It, so I, I did. I, I was down to my uh, socks and, and I made it to 35. And at this point, I've got, I've got Josie Wales' son like right behind me. And I've got no cover at all. But the sun is right there. So if he stands up, he, he cannot see me. And I even looked back at Damien a couple times because he was supposed to be able to give me hand signals and stuff. Couldn't see him. Couldn't see him at all. So a lesson learned for this year. If you truly have the sun at your back and there's a, a mule deer is going to stand up and look at you and it's five minutes before sunset, it, he can't see you. He just can't unless his face goes into a shadow. So <clears throat> having knowing that I would have done a little bit different. Uh, uh, I told you last time that I learned to hunt from Cody and Kelsey from watching them on TV. Well, it got me again. <laughs> My favorite show gets me again. So I, I, I'm looking at him and I see him do the, the, the head twitch, which means I'm going to stand up. So I draw my bow, and as I'm drawing my bow, he's standing up, and he turns his head right towards me, and I took a knee, because <laughs> that's, that's what Cody do. does. <laughs> right? I want this deer to look away from me and then stand back up and, and dose it. So he, he doesn't look the other way, and I'm, I'm comfortable. I'm shooting a, a PSC carbon stealth. I'm comfortable. I mean, it's, it, what is it? Six pounds I'm holding back or something like that. So I've got it. I've got my, my anchor down and I've actually got the cam set on the ground. Like I'll just stand here. Everything's okay. And I'm on, I'm on a hillside. So I'm on my knees on the hillside. I just took one knee down and pretty soon he, he looks like he's going to turn the other way and I stand back up. Well, he hops this little cliff and starts walking at me. So now, now he's, well, he's right here. He's walking at me like this. And I can't, I, I can't shoot at him because he keeps putting his horns as he's eating in front of his vitals. And not to mention, he's looking right at me and I feel like he can see me. Uh, so now I had, I had mentally prepared for him to be at 35. So I was going to split my 30 and my 40. Well, now he's at 25. And when that deer is coming at you like that, you're not going to keep your wits about you. Like when he's walking at you in open country, I mean, maybe somebody who's killed a lot bigger deer and a lot more of them than me could keep, keep it together. But I, I didn't have anything to, to do or say at that moment. I was dying. So he he gives me that, oh, shit, he's got a gun look. You know what I'm talking about, where they're like. Yeah, with that panic freeze, something's wrong. Yeah, yeah. he sees me, and he goes like this, and he shows me some rib. And uh, that was enough for me. I let him have it. And I hit him, you know, that that much too high, three or four inches too high, because he was another 10 yards away or 10 yards closer, excuse me. And 
I got full penetration up to the fletch. And of course he wheels and then he runs down the canyon and he starts running at Damien and he runs back on himself and he jumps the fence and he runs the other way onto a different property that we don't have permission on. And uh, he ends up on his way, on his way running down through the canyon, I could see just black blood. I could also see that the exit wound was this far below the spine on the other side. So I, I know that I've got liver. Like I know that I just sent, I sent a big broadhead through his liver. Um, a lot of the time you can see what's happening. Meaning if you, if you have a wounded deer out in that big country, you can just find him again, but he had went on those, that other property there. So, uh, that was it. Um, we we got permission from the landowner to look for an hour. The, the landowner's season. wife. <laughs> and and by the way, I don't hold anything against them. If I get a problem with that, I, I need to buy ground, right? Like it's their ground. I'm just lucky that they. You still with me? Yeah, you're yeah, still there. You. Yeah, I, I'm just lucky that they gave me permission in the first place. That's, that's all there is to it. So, uh, we go back the next day. We looked really, really hard in that hour and we don't find him. So I, I've got to skip way ahead. I go back. If Trevor doesn't fall asleep, look at him. No, I'm paying attention. He's in. He's sucked in. On me though, you were like left side. Now you went to the right side. I gotta like look down. It's, go ahead. Okay, so the I we I've given up on the deer. It it is what it is. So I call. I, I'm going back there to hunt, and uh, uh, I go back a week or two later. Don't see any deer. Don't kill anything. <clears throat> I go back. Uh, right after I killed my whitetail in Illinois. Uh, I was back there like on the 5th of November. And I start seeing these guys that are there and they are, uh, they're kind of hunting the same stuff that I hunt. And I find, I, I stop and I'm nice to them. You know, they're, they're decent guys. And I talk to them on the road and within an hour and a half, we've met each other. Uh, again in a different location and you know we're trying not to hurt what everybody's got going on and we were both on the road at this point and they get out and they're giving me information on a deer that's on property I have permission and they don't I'm getting permission from them on uh, or excuse me I'm getting giving them information on deer that weren't up my alley that were definitely something that they would be interested in and there's four of them, you know what I mean? So, and they're Iowa boys. They know what a big deer is. Uh, they seem to be pretty good guys. So, we're standing there talking, and another truck pulls up, right? And there's four people in this truck. And all of a sudden, two dudes get out of that truck. And I, it's like, oh, God, you know, that's, that is a ton of people. <laughs> like, my God how many people are in your freaking hunting party? It was like an Iwegian clown car. You know what I mean? They, and then all of a sudden 
another dude gets out. So now there's seven. And, and, and it's, it's like. It's never been out west. Like 1,500 acres sounds like a lot. But out there in that type of country and out west, 1,500 acres hunts like 50 acres in yes. the Midwest. Yeah. Because you're only hunting a certain small portion of it, yeah? Well, you can, you, you're hunting all of it, but you can see all of it. So you're, it takes, you know, 1,500 acres for one person to hunt isn't that much land. It sounds like it's a ton of land. And, you know, I mean, what is that? Technically, it's, you know, two square miles. But that is not a lot of land when it comes to Western hunting. Yeah, and you get up on one hike. Very quickly, very quickly cover that ground. So to have eight guys. In, well, there's seven. Small, there's seven, seven, right? Guys so in a small area, you got to realize that that's putting a lot of pressure on the area, basically. Go yeah. ahead, Clay. So, so I said, Jesus, how many of you are there? And the guy goes, well, there's eight. And, and I'm like, well, where, where, the, where the hell are you keeping them? I mean, this was just an extended cab truck, it, you know. And, and the eighth guy gets out. And like like a little Hawkeye Magwa, uh, what are those things on Gremlins called? Mag uh, Magwai Mag or something Magwai, like that. I think you know. Yeah. Don't feed people from Iowa after midnight. Don't get them fucking <laughs> wet, or or bows will sprout out of them, and then there'll be more and more of them. Right? They're like the Amish. <laughs> oh, dude, there were so many, so many Iwegians standing around me, but they were all really cool, right? And they had been there, and they killed nine does already and they'd been there six days and nobody killed a buck so we're we're kind of swapping ideas and, and and things and i told my story about this big velvet deer and i explained you know he had two kickers off the side always left g2 and i'm kicking rocks and you know hey if you happen to see something like that at this point damien has convinced me he's still alive uh and because he couldn't see the hit like i could see it but you want to believe it. So I guess I believed it. And <clears throat> I take off and I go to that original property that was 10 miles away. Cause there's eight dudes from Iowa here. Right. And they're helping me, you know, and, and I'm helping them and everything's going to be cool, but I'm just going to go up there and check what's out. So I no sooner pull in, and this guy sends me, a, he sends me a text. His name's Kevin. He's a badass. <clears throat> Kevin sends me a text and it says, I was going to show you the picture, but it doesn't matter. It's a picture of my deer, of a deadhead. And it just says deadhead on it. And I said, oh my God, that's my deer. And there's no mistaking at that moment. Because you don't know, if you'd asked me to draw a picture of him three weeks later, I don't know. It maybe would have kind of been close. But when you see the picture, you know, uh, on, on a deer like this. And he, <clears throat> I said, Oh my God, that's my deer. Uh, where's that on a map? And I, I ended up just calling him and I said, you know, meet me at the chainsaw house, which is what I call anytime there's an old house. that looks like the Texas chainsaw massacre. What happened at it? I always <laughs> call it. <laughs> so I said, meet me at the chainsaw house uh, and, and we'll go there. And he says, yeah, that's cool. Two hours later, after I had told him that these dudes are walking a Canyon and they find my deer. That's crazy. It, it is crazy, man. For all of that to, to come together the way it came together, and for you to be out there, you know, and, and I mean, like, 
so many things. He had to kill early in Illinois. He went back to Nebraska to whitetail hunt and on a whim decided he was going to go mule deer hunt. And he gets there and runs into these dudes and two hours before they stumble across it. You know, it's just. Yeah. It was meant to be. That was yeah. totally meant to be. Yeah. The dudes that actually found his name was Scott. And I, I come rolling up to their group, uh, you know, and then it's like a crowd. It's a full party of people, right? I come rolling up to their group. I slam on the brakes. I throw my door open. I said, who's Scott? And they're all pointing over there like, what's this dude doing? <laughs> we and I said, see that a fight? son of a bitch is in danger of getting a big hug. <laughs> 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 I ran over and, and uh, you know, we, he gave me a high five and a big old hug. And, and uh, I don't think they understood at that moment what we were, what kind of a fanatic I am and what we were dealing with and what kind of pressure I put myself under and, and what they had really done for me. So, right. uh I'll shorten it up because it's just a deadhead story at that point. We call the game warden. Game warden says, if I'm certain that it's my deer, which I am, uh, and I'd already, I had text Damien, send me those pictures of him in his bed. And, and Damien, I showed Damien the picture. And yeah, there, there was no, no ifs, ands, or buts. Like that, he, he, the, the first photo he sent where it still had the, the vertebrae and everything attached to it. It was like the last – before he bedded down, it was that exact angle that I got a look of him, and it made it look like he had two flyers off the left side. But show him that, Clay. His G2 actually grows funky, and from that angle, it looks like another, another – Oh, yeah, flyer. it kicks back. Oh, yeah, yep. So it looked like it was a flyer from that angle, and – uh you know, that was the angle of that photo that he sent. And I'm like, oh, yeah, there's no mistake in that. Those giant but, Nebraska brow tines, though. Yeah, right. <laughs> 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 this one didn't even score. Uh, this is a great deer. And now let's talk, about, let's talk about his expectations. What do you think this deer scored? I would call it 200. I mean, the fucking thing's giant. <laughs> uh, 74. 164 and and so for a guy to come out with expectations that are 164 now think of everything that this deer has and everything his deer didn't so for the non-white uh, mule deer hunters he didn't have this he didn't have this and he didn't have this and he still made 160 wow yeah so what the- a side-by-side picture that this would have been clay what's yeah. the what's the What's the age on your deer? Would you say? I'm gonna I'm gonna call this deer uh, five and a half. Okay, and and w- what what do you think that yours is, Damien? I don't know mule, mule deer enough to to guess it. Honestly, I mean, he was definitely mature. But... He was he was he was that six and a half, seven and a half oh. kind of guy. Big yeah, big big deer. He was. I don't I don't I don't know mule deer enough right. to to you know, say positively or to put an age on him. I, you just know he's mature. You know, his body was huge, his giant Roman nose. You know, he had everything. He had it. Yeah, he, he had it all. Double throat patch. I mean, <laughs> not that it says age, but he, I mean, he was just a, a perfect ear for me. He was I a mean, Ken, I, Ken of the Muley world. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you were meant for each other. Right. <laughs> it was my Barbie. <laughs> 
that's that unicorn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I called the game warden and we took care of it. And, and as long as it was my deer, I was able to tag it and which burns a buck tag, but that's worth it. That's you were going to burn that. You were going to burn that tag anyways, whether you found that's that right. deer then or you yeah. found it now. Yeah. The only thing bad about the whole situation is that deer doesn't count. We're in something called the bow hunting league. <laughs> and, and we can talk about that maybe in, a, in another show, but the bow hunting league is it for the king of tines. One of the categories, it's your total inches. Well, I lost 164 inches. 144. Yeah. They, uh, for a mule deer, they take away 20, but I lost 144 inches towards that and just erased all of my chances for uh, it to be in the running. Uh, but we'll talk about that much later, but I, I wish I, I really wish I could have recovered him in time. So he would have been within the rules because if you look up my scores now, I'm, I'm down there on the scrub list. <laughs> like I'm, I'm in the low end. You know? I'm, I'm at number 14. Yeah. He's, he's not on the scrub list. Guys, I'm number 14. So and nice. it's fine. Like I, I don't, I don't care. It's not like we actually win anything, but right. Yeah. You know, right. I mean, it, it makes you feel good to be at the top of the list. Nobody wants to come in last, you know, so you're not first you're last that's what it is this team's shaking bake there it is i found it <laughs> yeah. that should have been our name that is. Damn. if you don't like lumnox fuck you <laughs> <laughs> some will get that some won't <laughs> yeah so i i gotta ask clay did you explain to him that his hunt is not a typical first time mule deer hunt i, mean, oh, I don't want him having that fake impression well, it is oh, with me baby easy. it is with me <laughs> he's with the yeah. buck collector clay bro. Is that good buck collector clay <laughs> look it up <laughs> <laughs> i do definitely um, want to go back on, on a couple of different questions so with you had said uh, Damien, that you were wearing like a ghillie suit. Is that a normal attire when it comes to no. Western hunting? That that was that was so. Clay has this truck. He calls it the Snow Beast, and it has two of everything you could ever possibly need loaded in that thing. Someplace you might have to dig for it, but it's in there somewhere. And, you need an axe. Uh, <laughs> you need an axe. Yep, you need a French seventy-five millimeter. There's two of them. <laughs> yeah, there's two of everything. Uh, hydraulic jack, it's in there. You know, yep. whatever, whatever the case may be, it's in there. You just got to dig for it. And uh, when when I decided to go over there, he's like, "Take the ghillie suit." He's like, "It's rolled up in the little bag pouch thing in the side of the snow beast." So that that was that was honestly that's the first time I ever wore a ghillie suit, and it was ninety degrees. And wearing a ghillie suit in 90 degrees is pretty damn miserable. It's warm. Oh, yeah. Jesus. And then hunting out of the ground blinds. Like, is that is that a normal Western-style thing, or is that something that you brought from the Middle East to the West? That You know, honestly, that hunt was um, a little bit of my whitetail. I, I definitely hunted that deer a lot like I would have hunted mm -hmm. a whitetail. Like, it wasn't your – it turned out to be a little bit of a spot in stock but i i mean my full intentions was to hunt that deer on an early season pattern and kill him 
and there's no transition. grease. So, yeah. you know, I was planning on killing him, you know, on an early season pattern and not spotting, stalking him, you know, like a, a typical Western hunt. It ended up being sort of spot and stock, sort of <coughs> hunting, you know, just because of the way that everything came together. You know, it, um, I definitely didn't expect to see him walking in broad daylight two hours before dark, you know, walking. Especially when you had seen a lot of those deer at last light. Yeah, everything was at last light because it was so hot. We weren't seeing any deer. We we kind of omitted that. There weren't any deer. You were seeing them right right at daybreak and right at last light. And then you would drive the roads after dark and you would see deer run across the road in the dark. But it was just hot and humid and they just weren't doing anything. That's the best clays ever looked right there. Yeah, right there, blacked <laughs> out. So is that is that so when there's ag up like that, like the corn is up like that, clay, that's that's a very tough time for you, like it would be for us east. Hundred percent. Now I mean deer like people, doesn't matter whether they're mule deer or whitetails. You guys know I use that deer like people thing. Some people like to hang out on a golf course in the wide open. Other people like to go hide in the mountains. So there are deer that will just lay in the middle of a pasture. We weren't finding any of those. Right. No. Okay. So, and, it, and you know, when it's that hot, your, your game plan is you try to catch them either bedding in the open or if they're bedded in the corn late mornings, you're trying to catch them when that sun gets straight up and it's beaten down on them in the corn, they'll get up and walk into the canyons and crawl up under a tree someplace. So you're trying to catch them doing that to where you could go in and stalk them. But we just, we weren't finding them at all. And uh, it was, you know, it went from pretty dismal expectations to full elation, you know, pretty, pretty damn quick. And, you know, then we found after I killed and then found the one for clay, you know, it, it made me feel like I did my part. I fulfilled my part of the agreement. You know, I didn't just kind of bow out and be like, like well, I'm ready to go home, you know, that sort of thing. You know, um, I still. Yeah, he was out. He was out tearing apart canyons and, and working his ass off for me. And there are people who don't even know how to do that. It's not that they wouldn't because they're a jerk or something. There's people that don't know how to do that. There's people that, that need help. Right. He needs no help other than, you know, <laughs> hang out with clay. No. <laughs> yes. no, he needs no help. So I, and I'm not kissing his ass. I'm not kissing your ass, Damon. I really don't Damien. I don't really don't even like you. So <laughs> you're yeah. just a good, you're just a good hunting partner. That's about yeah, it. Right? I, I need somebody there to drag my deer out. That's it. Man. I mean, look at him. No, but that's, you don't that's find something. your deer to a skeleton. So you don't need any help dragging them out. But that's Shots important fired. In, a, in, a, in a deer camp or a deer hunting, you know, partnership. Like you, you need that man. Like you need somebody, you need guys that work well together, man, that know what they have going on. I mean, that's, that's an important thing. I mean, you know, just like me and Steven when we were in Ohio, man. It's just it's just divide and conquer and find the deer. And in all honesty, like, a, a good partner in my mind tries to, you know, Clay was in the dump. It was down and out after, after shooting that deer. And I will tell you this, Clay is a fun, jovial guy. There's, there's not much you can do to go 
push it too far when you're cracking jokes, but you can do it too soon. Because <clears> when I started busting his balls about backstrapping that deer, Clay wasn't having it a whole lot. And uh, it, it, I, I just kept poking the bear because when I smell blood, I just keep jabbing at it, you know? <laughs> Clay, Clay wasn't the, the fondest, but, you know, I tried to keep his spirits up. I, I kept him, you know, we kept trying to get on deer. Um, we weren't finding a whole lot or seeing a whole lot at that point. And the temperatures were just going up and up. And uh, we were hunting. It was uh, the Friday evening. We were supposed to hunt till Sunday. And Saturday was supposed to be 103. Sunday was supposed to be 105. And we're sitting in the middle of this pasture, just sweating our butts off, trying to locate deer. And he's Clay's like, what are we doing? What are we doing here? You know, we're not seeing deer. We're pushing the limits of what where we need to be and where we can be. And he's like, you know, we just, we need to go. And I'm like, this is your hunt. I'm here for the long haul. And whatever you want to do, I'm here for your hunt. And while I'm saying this, I don't even realize that I'm putting my backpack on. But <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that. Holy <laughs> shit, I forgot all about that. He was like, oh, God, I wish I had a coat or something. The dude's like, hey, look, dude, no matter what, like, if, if we, I'll be here all day. If I am here for you, you know, this is your hunt. Let, I mean, let's, let's stay here. Let's stick it out. <laughs> I didn't even realize I was doing it. And then I called myself out on it. Oh, that's <laughs> funny as hell. It seemed like you guys had like one of just an incredible mule deer hunt though. Like, and th this was your first, this was your guys first hunt together as a ever. team. Yeah. Ever. I and, mean, and you guys killed two 160s. That's horrible. Yeah, right? <laughs> horrible. 164. <laughs> there it <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it, like I said, it was everything I could have ever had wished for in, in my first mule deer hunt and experience, you know, in western Nebraska. And it, um, it meant everything. And uh, meant a lot to me that, you know, Clay invited me out there and gave me the opportunity to do that. So I uh, can't thank him enough. <clears throat> You're welcome. <laughs> but then I gave him the greatest black bear hunt that he's ever experienced. Yeah, I mean, you, I have uh, – there are not many hey, times. Hey, before you go farther, tell <clears throat> me one other bear hunt you've ever been on that was better than that one. There isn't. There aren't any. What's that say? So uh, I stared at the side of a mountain for five days straight and saw a squirrel, a bird, and a spike buck for forty-two seconds. Damn. And I wasn't gonna. And I wasn't gonna hunt. And he's like, "You gotta hunt. We're here to hunt. You gotta hunt." So I buy a tag and and hunt, and I, and I ended up killing a bear. Oh. <laughs> That's hilarious. Awesome bear. Awesome bear. Yeah, good bear. I was super yeah. happy. Sounds like Trev's luck. The morning that they left from here from his bear hunt, as they're packing, I've got a picture of a 350-pound bear sitting right in front of the tree he was in. <laughs> it's very similar to the, you know, how it all went down. Like we're we're so I I have family um, in West Virginia where we bear hunt, and it, it never fails. Like the month of October is there's always a, a hot spot when uh, the bears start showing up. And he'll be like, hey, we're seeing bears all the time. You need to get down here. And, I, and I've gone down 
two other times and I shot a 350 pound bear down there and I shot a, a 250 pound bear down there. And, uh, so I told Clay, you know, it, there's good odds. Like there, he sees a lot of bears. We get on a lot of bears and, uh, you know, my cousin's like, Oh, there's no acorns. There's no acorns all summer long. Right. There's no acorns. It's it, we're, we're going to be, we're going to, the bears are just going to be all over the place looking for food. And, uh, we're like, okay. So then we get down there and there's acorns everywhere. <laughs> like there, it is literally the, the red oaks were just absolutely pouring out of the trees while we're there. And, uh, you know, the, the, the his cameras that he had, there was no, wasn't getting any bears anymore. And like the day before we got there, he got a picture of a great big bear at, uh, <laughs> What is this? I can't see it. Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> this is bullshit here. You know what? Honestly, Damien, before you get too crazy in this, yeah. we're going to do a part two. Why don't we finish the bear side on a part two? Because we we'll just let's string these guys along just a little bit. Okay, we're good with that. We'll finish Cliffhanger. that. What do you Cliffhanger? Cliffhanger, yeah. Because yeah. then they have to listen to you guys again. Uh, and, and if you're going to release them at different times, go watch those videos of Damien yeah. recovering that deer. That's pretty awesome. I, I mean, not saying my video is awesome, just the experience and, and you'll be able to really put it together uh, while you're listening. And it's, it's neat. The, the look on his face when he finds that mule deer is priceless. <laughs> so this is going to hear release, that. <laughs> this will release on, uh, on Thanksgiving. So this is the Thanksgiving special for the drive to Thanksgiving. And then uh, part two will come therefore shortly after. So what's your Instagram, Damien? uh damien underscore hunts awesome so let's go ahead and uh let's just leave this on a cliffhanger we'll talk about our whitetails next yeah 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 we'll carry this on so everyone out there listening stay tuned uh catch the next one and uh, let's finish the tell till then thanks for taking the ride right here on the outdoor drive (laughs) 